6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. CHQR in Calgary. We're province-wide on Chorus Radio. You can get a hold of me at 780-496-0063 in Edmonton. The text line Calgary 403-974-8255. Ted is off all week. He'll be back uh, next Monday. So have you been thinking about traveling anywhere? Maybe flying away somewhere. Maybe you've already booked something because I know more and more people are saying, you know what, to hell with it. Let's let's get going. Let's let's get back to living. We're going to do stuff. We're going to we're going to I don't know travel somewhere across Canada. Maybe you're heading to Mexico. Maybe you're heading down to Phoenix. Let me know uh, because if you've been watching lately, airlines are adding flights and capacity in the hopes that you're getting ready to travel again. We know that WestJet, after nearly grounding all of its flights, uh, WestJet expects to be at about 70% uh, of its pre-COVID capacity by the end of December, fully restore its domestic business by next summer, and see international capacity fully return by the end of 2022. Air Canada, with a larger network and increased service to international destinations and business travellers, it says it's projecting that it will be back where it was before the pandemic struck by 2023 or 2024. So a little bit longer. Let's take a a closer look at it all with Brett Bala, who is the publisher of Western Aviation News. Hi, Brett. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Jalen. Happy to be here. Uh, So have you done any travelling lately? Have you hopped on a plane? Have you gone anywhere? I have taken one flight, and that was in June, and that was up to Edmonton, so not a lot. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and it kind of kills me to say it, but no, not a lot, I'm afraid. Not a lot, but are you starting to think about it? Because I think, Brett, a lot of people are. I think so, too. A lot of friends of mine are starting to look. Uh, we're even starting to look a little bit, uh, you know, maybe Mexico, yeah. maybe the southern states. Somewhere warm for the winter. That is the most common flying that Canadians do in the winter. And that's what the airlines, as you mentioned, are gearing up for right now. Yeah, boy, oh boy, it's been a long 19 months. I mean, it has just been something, just something else. So we're seeing that, uh, you know, Air Canada, WestJet, uh, trying to get that capacity or try to get the, the service back up to where it was before. It's going to take a while. Can you give us an idea of, you know, that process? I mean, I think some people might think, well, why don't they just get all their planes up and moving again? Why don't they just get all their staff back up and, and doing it? Uh, what kind of process does it take to get that? that, um, you know, that flight schedule to get all of that service back up and running at full capacity, like pre-pandemic uh, capacity? Well, let's face it, there's some staff who are even hoping, why aren't they full back at, at full capacity yet? Come on, come on, come on. Um, it's not just the passengers, but it is a long process. I mean, first off, you have to make sure your planes are, are airworthy. A lot of them have been parked. Mm. Uh, maybe the engines have been turned on once a week, but, you know, if you leave your car parked for that long, you're going to have to do some maintenance before you uh, before you get it going. And then the planes have to be in the right place. Uh, a lot of airlines, including Air Canada, flew planes down to the desert mm. because you want them stored in a hot, dry environment. So now they have to get them back to Canada, and that takes people to do. You have to make sure your pilots are back up on their training. Um, if they haven't flown in a while, they probably have to go back into a simulator to uh, get recertified. Huh. Uh, flight crews, some, a lot of flight crews have come back and are back on the job, but some have left the industry. 
uh, you know, they got laid off and decided, well, I'm going to go do something else. Mm-hmm. And that, that's an issue. Once they're gone, will they come back? Some haven't. And so now you've got to hire new people. So all this takes a lot of time and a lot of training and a lot of recertification. First aid training has to be recertified. Fire training has to be recertified. All these things just take time. So unfortunately, it's not a switch. Yeah. Uh, although uh, <laughs> you know, it'd be nice if it were, but it just isn't. Um, but uh, um, WestJet, for example, was saying recently that uh, they've gone through 11 years of growth in just a few months. Yeah. yeah. And so they are working as quickly as they can, but it takes time. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, I think we all wish we could just, you know, click our heels together, wiggle our nose and <laughs> and have things back up and running again. Uh, you know what? Uh, maybe with my broom that I've got parked outside my office, but not with a, with a plane. Right. <laughs> hey, what about consumer confidence? What about the confidence in, in flying again and making sure that protocols are being followed? I know there's going to be some people um, or who, who, who um, you know, maybe don't want to get the vaccine, so they're not going to be able to fly. But for those who have gotten the vaccine and want to make sure that everything is is you know up to up to snuff up to up to standard is there a confidence uh level here that uh, the airlines have to make sure is um in place to deal with passengers on the COVID front yes absolutely they have to be sure they have to reassure passengers that it's going to be safe and how do you do that well the federal government as you mentioned has imposed vaccination requirements you make people wear masks on your flights Uh, You make sure the staff are uh, vaccinated and wear masks and other personal protective equipment. Um, So, yes, it's essential for the airlines to convince people that they're safe. Fortunately, there have been very few transmissions of COVID-19 aboard aircraft, and that's because the air circulates. uh, It it goes down towards the ground, so aerosols are not often left hanging in the air like they would be in an office, for example. Um, and then, so, so they have to convince you that the travel is safe, but then they also have to tend to convince you that the destination is safe. Mm. Uh, no, no one's really going to book a flight into a high COVID area, at least not without willingly assuming some risks around that. Mm-hmm. So it's both the airline itself and then the destination has to do some, some work on yeah. their end too to convince you, okay, yeah, you can come. Brett Bala is the publisher of Western Aviation News. He's my go-to guy when I'm talking about things uh, aviation. So um, I'm I'm wondering about the airports themselves. Of course, the airlines uh, the past 19 months have been a a huge kick in the gut. But for the airports as well, I mean, we we heard about, um, wow, just um, how how much of a difficult situation they were in as well. What are you hearing on that front as far as, you know, as, as, as we have more airlines coming back up, we have more flights coming through, they're going to be able to start to make more money. That's right. Um, I, I have some unpublished research that I've done, which I will be publishing soon, I hope. Uh, airports, the, most, the, the largest 20-odd airports in Canada lost $2.2 billion wow. in revenues in 2020 from 2019. So that's 53% of their revenues. Wow. They could only cut their expenses 15% because there's not a lot of fat to trim at airports. Mm. So Mm -hmm. it cost them a pile of money. And now they're slowly, now that people are coming back, most of the revenues are starting to come back because every time you fly, it's in your ticket, but you pay an airport fee, mm-hmm. whether it's a, an airport improvement fee or a departure fee, a lounge fee, anything like that, you do pay as a passenger. And that's how airports in Canada get their money. So slowly those revenues are coming back, but they've got a huge hill to climb. Yeah. It's just, it's insane. So do you think that that could 
result in more cost to, <laughs> or will it result in more cost to passengers here over the coming years? Uh, almost inevitably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some did during the pandemic. Some did raise their airport improvement fees because yeah. there just was no more money coming in. Um, I'm sure as people, <laughs> ironically, as more as more passengers get more comfortable with flying airports will be more able to raise some fees to try to recoup some of the money that they lost and uh, some of the the, the the backlog of things that they have to do to keep running and keep a, an efficient, safe operation. Again, coming back to convincing passengers that you're yeah. safe. Yeah, I think a lot of folks thought that maybe uh, the, the prices might be quite low. And I mean, you know, some of the things I've seen, not too bad, but not Necessarily, necessarily where I think a lot of people thought they might be and, and uh, you know even some you know the destinations that you're going to some of the resorts the pricing there um, pretty expensive as well so uh, they got to make the money mm-hmm. up somewhere don't they yeah they do they really do uh, the good news is is that the pandemic in a, in a weird way opened up some opportunities for the ultra low cost carriers of the world so yeah. the flares and the swoops who are now competing to get you to your southern destination as cheaply as they can the pandemic did open up some room for them to try to gain some market share and fly canadians to the warm destinations interesting stuff brett balla joining me this afternoon always appreciate your time brett thank you for this my pleasure. Yeah, you betcha. Brett Bala is the publisher of Western Aviation News. You can check out his website. Just Google Western Aviation News. Lots of great stuff on there. Are you traveling? Have you booked something? You thinking about it? Let me know. 780-496-0063-403-974-8255.